This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. All right, well, let's, let's kick it off. Let's move to our lightning round question, which is uh, always presented by Data.World. I'm going to, number one, we talked about the importance of metric layers and the, and the metric standard. Is it important to have a metric store? Um, by metric store, do you just mean that the metrics are actually pre-calculated and, uh, and serve as a pre-calculated entity? I would say that there's now products and technology around metrics themselves, right? There are even tools that do this. So basically, do we need more technology around this stuff? Or frankly, just it's a bunch of SQL, you write an activity schema, that's it. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm not so concerned about implementation details here. What I do at every company is I actually just pre-calculate the metrics, right? So I, uh, I build something. I, I, I joke that it's called a, da it's a, called a data net. A net is like a projection of a cube in 2D space. Um, but every every company I go to, I it's like blank stats. So Flexport was flex stats. Honeybook it was Honeybook stats, right? Uh, and it's just a stats table. It's a flattened cube, and it's just every metric at every grain, at every dimension, at every period, at every aggregation has a row, and uh, that becomes the predominant interface. Uh, that's what powers dashboards, which means dashboards go lightning quick. Uh, that's what powers exploratory. You know, in in Looker. That's actually the most important Looker Explorer because most of the time people don't want to do you know a bunch of exploratory analysis uh, on uh, entities, right? They just want to find metrics. They just want to find metric relationships. They just want to know what the metric answers are. And so that's what you know uh, we hook up the primary, the most used Looker Explorer in the company to. Um, and uh, you know when you really pre-calculate metrics and you treat them as a primitive, then you can much more easily do things like correlation analysis, automated forecasting, automated root cause analysis, et cetera. So look, I maybe this is stupid or simple, but like I pre-compute everything at those grains, at those permutations, and I persist them. And that's one big metrics table. And that's what I use. I don't think you need to be more complicated than that necessarily, but you know, to each their own. <laughs> right. Well, no, yeah. You don't need to complicate it. Yeah. No matter how you decide to implement it, right, by doing this, you can solve a lot of problems and the performance should be a lot faster too yep interesting all right second lightning round question um five years from now will metrics layers be commonplace or is the adoption cycle going to be longer than that metrics layers um i think uh i think metrics layers are uh look the challenge of metrics layers is where should they live uh, the challenge of uh, metrics layers that aren't in BI tools is how do the BI tools talk to them, right? Uh, and I think the metrics layer tools that we see on the market today are facing this existential question of, uh, well, they're, most of the world uses Power BI or Looker or Tableau or something else. Uh, how are they going to talk to my metrics layer? And I think it's an unsolved problem, and I think it's a really existentially deep problem for these metrics layer tools. And um, I don't know that there is a clear resolution. Uh, I think it's very possible that uh, the right metrics layer solution is actually an open source standard for a metrics layer. I mean, years ago, I thought Looker should have just open sourced LookML uh, and that everyone should just use LookML. And basically, the idea was, oh, LookML is now our standard metrics layer. Uh, everyone uses it. We create network effects around this protocol, uh, but we are the first and best consumer of that protocol because you know we're the sponsors. We invented it, etc. And uh, uh, and we focus on the last mile, right? Uh, we focus on the last mile value you can get from this protocol. Uh, I think if I had 
if I had to bet on a long-term steady state evolutionary equilibrium, it would be that metrics layers have to live very close to BI tools. And the best way for them to live very close to BI tools is as a shared protocol uh, where BI tools now just focus on that last mile. But that's an unlikely world, right? <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Interesting. Well, I think in, I have a little bit of a follow-up question that'll come later, interestingly, about that. But um, I think what's also interesting is that you you actually separate this idea of standardized metrics from this idea of the metrics layer quite a bit, it seems like. And I think that's a big aha moment for me. That's an implementation detail, right? I think the metrics- But it's an important one. It's a very, because I think people will combine them. Uh, it might be, but like, again, to my notion about this, like flex stats or honeybook stats or, you know, whatnot, um, we can bypass that implementation detail entirely, right? Uh, so people might conflate it, but it is an implementation detail metrics themselves you can think about more broadly whether it's in a metrics layer whether it's you know you jump goes do not pass go and you jump straight to like a metrics table or something lots of different ways you could do this right uh, I, again i don't know what the steady state of that of that implementation layer is i will say soma thinks about jumping right to the nets right yeah so in soma we're trying to create nets because that's vendor agnostic i i, I appreciate how we've been trying to get you a little bit more into the technical the details and you're like nah it's an implementation details not important so um, next question I got, um, as we implement standard metrics, will that help data teams understand the business more? Yeah. I mean, the, the hope is that, uh, there, look, there's information in the metrics, right? There's information in the definition of the metrics. Uh, but also once you have the metrics, if you can, if you know what the metrics need to be, if you know how to get to the metrics easily, uh, you cut a lot of that wasted arbitrary uniqueness, right? And that you can focus that on not only what's unique, but also as a data person, getting context, right? Um, so it frees up just a misallocation of data team resources that we're, we, we struggle with. Final question, Tim. Final question. It's going to bring back something you said earlier, Abby. Okay. If we follow standardized metrics all the way forward, this vision comes to full reality here. Does BI and analytics actually become a simple automated last mile thing? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the ideal for me is that uh, everyone should focus on last mile, right? Like BI tools should all just focus on uh, varying approaches to last mile. That could look like being the best visualization tool possible. That could be look like being the best, I guess what people call data activation or whatever <laughs> tool possible, right? Uh, where uh, you are, I mean, Looker does this really well, right? Where Looker is integrated, you send reports from Looker to, uh, a constellation of other tools, right? Reverse ETL light, if you will. Um, but it, you can send email campaigns directly. You can send customer engagement campaigns directly, you know, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I think, look, the, the ideal would be that we commodify what should be commodified and the commodification creates platform network effects that allows people to create value on the long tail. And that's where I would love for them to create long tail value, that, that where, where I would like them to create value. In the same way that we misallocate human capital uh, with arbitrary uniqueness, we also misallocate uh, company capital, right? <laughs> we financial capital by investing in all of these tools that are also reinventing the wheel over and over again, when large swaths of what those companies do should be utterly commodified. And uh, we should then allow those companies to focus on what makes them unique. That's the hope. This has been a fascinating conversation. We got so much notes here. Uh, Tim, kick us off with the takeaways. All right. Data team mandate, build a company's growth model. Define a growth model, operationalize the fundamental formula, and evolve the fundamental formula. I think this was a pretty big aha moment, a big takeaway, because I think that 
dated teams sometimes feel that they are very much this sort of supporting function and they're an order taking organization. Right. And the idea that they could be so integral and so involved in helping the company to understand their business and evolve it and make it better, um, despite being slightly obvious on its face, is also a very under implemented model. Um, metrics aren't new. Uh, what's revolutionary is maybe taking it more seriously. Um, too many data people. Right. This is one thing where if we really implement these metrics models, maybe actually a lot of the effort that we're playing right now and that data teams are doing is very re redundant, repetitive, uh, mundane work that it should actually be focused on just mapping to the standard model. And they could be focused on what you call these more important long tail activities, the things that are truly unique to your business, not the stuff that everyone has to spend, you know, what seems to be many months redoing the same work over and over and over again. And you mentioned this idea of arbitrary uniqueness, this idea that every company kind of feels like they're a snowflake and that they've got to, you know, spend those, you know, I, all of us have worked at a lot of companies, right? And, and, and if you are redoing your data stack, right, you're like, oh, we're in for the next three years, we're going to redo our data stack, right? Um, but is that really true? Do we always have to go through these same motions, the same idea of arbitrary uniqueness, uh, and you said, hey, B2B is B2B, marketplace is marketplace, e-commerce is e-commerce. There's much less various than we think. We shouldn't be doing all this rework on metrics, definitions, and data models. Why aren't data teams involved more in the business? Well, the business may not understand itself, how it works. Uh, and a lot of times the business model is either tacit in people's heads or not even tacit. It hasn't been documented. It's not explicit. What we should be focused on is the metrics we should be trying to make sure that the metrics are durable, things like churn. That is a business fact. It is a calculation. We could really be building all of our data around these durable pieces of uh, these durable elements. Um, and, you know, not enough people are focused on this. And we shouldn't steamroll past this idea of the abstractions. We should really not just focus on the edges of the pyramid, which are sort of the, the reports and the source data and the concepts, but we should focus a lot on that middle piece, making sure that the, the abstractions and the connections are good and really making metrics a first-class citizen. So I have so many other takeaways, but Juan, I'm going to pass it over to you. You mean so, I could have just said that in three minutes? <laughs> well, that's why when the, yeah. when the podcast come out, you can just listen yeah. to the takeaway part. You don't have to go listen to everything. One thing we talked about, I, I really loved about the metrics is like durable and then the entities, those things can change. I think that's an also a very key takeaway right there. Um, we need standards for what good looks like. That, that's, 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 that's another important one because we don't know what good looks like. And I think what you're doing with SOMA, the standard operating metrics and analytics, like this is a first approach towards, towards that, right? You have over 100 business semantic events, like a customer renews a contract. And, and effectively, uh, what you want to go do is start to map your existing raw data into those activities to do that. And yeah, people have actually been trying to go do all this stuff before, but the thing is that all their sources trying to automate this, but the sources are all very different. No two Salesforce implementations are the same. So you really want that translation layer to be semantic because the humans need to be able to co-create those connections, right? Well, it does open the question, will it make it hard to adopt these semantic layers that we have these metrics that we were defining? And you're saying no, because it's actually being prescriptive lowers that activation energy right there. And at the end of the day, if you actually, this is all just triples, right? You put this into a knowledge graph, that's one way of how you can make this really highly semantic. So how do you break this arbitrary uniqueness force field? 
Well, said marketing shows up. They say they have these they have these metrics that they want. They want these bash, dashboards. They already know what they want when it comes to metrics. Uh, no one is saying I'm super special. I want to do gap accounting. Like no, there's always kind of even regulations requirements. So you need to have the carrot and the stick. And one example that we that came up with is like, hey, VCs they just need to standardize the way to tell their portfolio companies you need to go do metrics this way because it's going to help them do the do 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 benchmarking. So that may be the the carrot and the stick to go do there. Um, how do we manage people implementing this? Well, you guys are showing this right now in DBT. Uh, then this can go into knowledge graphs, into BI tools, and Soma's be very modular around that. Uh, so what's next for Soma? You're starting with the B2B SaaS metrics, and you're fleshing that out. And I think B2C and e-commerce are coming out. And then finally, I think it was interesting to kind of close this back out with like OKRs. And I think one of the reasons why this fails a lot is because the business doesn't even know how the business works, and we lack that North Star. So if we actually we are very clear about what that North, North Star is, we can start decomposing it those into metrics and then into the actual entities and activities around there, which forces us to really understand how the business works. Sounds great. How did we do? Anything we missed? I think that's it. Uh, I just, I think only uh, the only thing I'm missing is my cocktail. So, all right, we're well, going to get that. Asking. So, we're going to throw it back to you for three, three final questions. All right, more questions. Yes, that's it. Wrapping this up now. Right. Number one, what's your advice? about data, about life, whatever. Second, who should we invite next? And third, what resources do you follow? What people, podcasts, blogs, newsletters, conferences, so forth? Um, so I'll, I'll answer them in reverse order. So I think Data Eng, um, no, Data Eng podcast is a good podcast. Your guys' podcast is great. The Analytics um, uh, Engineering Roundup is a great newsletter. Uh, uh, I think Data Eng Weekly, uh, Anand Pakaldari puts it on, I think is also great. Um, I think folks to chat with, uh, lots. Uh, so someone sitting in the room right now is uh, Ahmed from Narrator. And I think I was telling Ahmed this uh, last night, uh, Activity Schema was in some ways just ahead of its time. And that time might be now. Um, and uh, I, I think for a variety of reasons, uh, the rise of AI and LLMs that need a, a more natural semantic querying interface, I think is a big one. Um, I think uh, the state of where data is and how it needs to be mapped, um, a lot of things that we've been talking about, I think thinking about your business as instead of, a, instead of entities and whatnot, as that first level of abstraction being a set of activities uh, and seeing your business as a set of activities that companies do and customers do is I think important and I hope gets more traction. So I think Ahmed um, is, a, is a great person to have on. Uh, lots of others I can, I can share, but you know, maybe I'll, we'll start there. Um, and then advice, uh, look, the mandate for a data team is to build your growth model, right? Uh, and uh, if you see your mandate as building and owning that growth model, I think it's transformative. I think you will no longer have questions about how do I create value? Do I create value? Your company will not have those questions. Uh, you know, I see, uh, I, you know, we talked about metric trees here. I see the goal of uh, a data team as uh, to understand that growth model, to help people understand it, but then to also, and this is very important, to identify new levers for that growth model, right? I think of a business as having growth levers. Uh, data people should see themselves as using analysis and experimentation to find new growth levers. They're in the process of growth lever discovery, growth lever verification, so that operators can pull those levers, right? That's how a business grows. And if you're engaged in that cadence, there will never be questions about are you creating value or not, but you need to get into that cadence, right? And so everything we've talked about today are you know, ways to grapple at getting into that cadence. That's the best way to finish this. That's excellent advice. 
Uh, I'm glad Ahmed is here because I've, I've, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast, so it's really cool we're connecting here. Uh, and with that, just a quick reminder, next week we have uh, Benny Clive Benford, who is a former CEO of Jaguar Land Rover. Really excited about that conversation. You, If you're not following him on LinkedIn right now, you are truly missing out about all the stuff that he's been talking about, just true driving value uh, from data teams. And with that, Abby, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Too bad you're not here because we're going to go out for a cocktail now. Uh, thanks to Data World who lets us do this every single Wednesday. We've been 130 episodes. I don't know, three, almost three years. Three years soon. Thank you. Thanks, folks. Have a Cheers, good one. Cheers, Abby. And enjoy Bye. the council.